You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. This will be really less, less of a sermon and more of almost a philosophy of ministry um, in a time that's pretty unsettled. Would we all agree that this is an unsettled time? Okay, well, some of you are unsettled. It's unsettled. I mean, whether or not we're, you know, we feel strongly about it, uh, we as a church have a responsibility to go through some things and think about these things as a church family. And uh, by the way, you know, we, we didn't have nursery tonight, uh, child care this evening, and so um, it's understandable if you've got your kids in here with you tonight, uh, we, we understand that. Um, if, they're, you know, if they're having a tough time sitting there and being quiet, you're welcome to take them, uh, take them out, and that's, but that's fine. We're, tonight is a little bit different of a service, and uh, going to be presenting a few ideas and a, a few thoughts as we go forward. So I'd appreciate your patience here tonight. It's a different kind of message, um, but we're, we're just trying to make some adjustments as we're all aware, the, the pandemic, as what they're calling it, the coronavirus situation, has become something that's affected all of our lives. And I think we would all agree that we've already been affected. And you say, if you've tried to buy toilet paper, you've been affected, okay? Um, there are so many things we don't know. And, and this is a the kind of, again, it's not a sermon per se. Turn to Romans 13, by the way, and we'll get, we're going to read a few verses there. Uh, when we get there in a moment, but no, no, don't need to stand. Um, there are a lot of things we don't know right now. Uh, would that be accurate that there are a lot of things we don't know? Um, we don't know how far-reaching this is going to get. Uh, we don't know how many people this is going to affect. We don't know if it's going to affect somebody in this room. And maybe it has already. I don't know for sure. Uh, we've got cases here in Minnehaha County and uh, some other things. But listen, we cannot operate based on what we don't know. We have to operate based on what we do know and what is true. First, we know that the New Testament church is an institution built on Jesus Christ, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, the foundation of our church is as solid as it's ever been. The New Testament church, churches have been faced with serious threats before, no external forces, no circumstances have been able to destroy what Christ began about 2,000 years ago. We know that is true. And we have seen countless, we have countless promises. We have over 2,000 years of evidence in the New Testament, that, or, or since the New Testament was written, that the New Testament church is capable of withstanding even the most daunting foes. And yes, the coronavirus has become a disruption, but in actuality... It's minor compared to what the church, churches or other eras and generations of churches have endured long before us. Uh, so the church will endure. That's something we know. God's kingdom will advance. This situation, I don't believe that this situation will reveal anything new about the church in itself as an institution. I don't believe we're going to learn something about the church we did not know before Everything we know about the church was founded 2,000 years ago, and it's been proven for uh, two millennium. I mean, we know that. But I do believe we're about to find out um, that we will likely see some things revealed about it, its disciples. 
So we won't learn anything new, I don't believe, about the church, but I do believe we're about to be, have some things revealed to us about its disciples. We're about to find out how committed we truly are. And if we are, as I said Sunday, if we're disciples or um, consumers, it will be revealed. Your, your response to the situation and to some coming changes will reveal which category you fit into. It just will. And so I start by saying that we will be making um, some major adjustments to, as to how we operate for the foreseeable future. And I want you to walk through this with me and listen as I present some things that I, I believe the Lord is leading in. And I've been working with some of the deacons, been talking in, in, in touch with many other pastors, uh, many, uh, including Pastor Spencer and other pastors that have influences on me and pastors that, that um, I respect and that have influences over the course of time on my life. And I've been talking to them to determine what I believe is the best plan of action uh, for Eastside Baptist Church moving forward. Now, much of what I'm presenting tonight, Aaron, can you bring me a pen? I set mine down somewhere and I need to write something down before I forget it. Um, much of what I'm presenting tonight comes from other men and ministries that I trust. And I don't claim that everything that I'm presenting tonight is original, but I, as I've considered these things um, I have obviously prayed for God's direction. Thank you, Aaron. I mean, wait, Brother Chad, sorry. <laughs> Brother Chad is on the ball here tonight. And let me just write a couple things down that have come to my mind that I need to address here. Um, so I have obviously prayed for God's direction. Uh, and I have sought the Lord, and I have been fervently seeking counsel um, as to what we should do. And I do believe that I, I have a plan, compiled a plan I'd like to present to you tonight. And um, now I have talked to the deacons. Every deacon I've talked to has, has, I mean, whether or not they think it's the wisest plan or the best plan for our church, they support it. And I want you to know that first, that as a church, the leadership of the church, the deacons of the church are supporting this. And I am asking you tonight, you may not agree with every step of the plan, but I'm asking you to trust the Lord for, to, to submit to the leadership structure that he's placed here at Eastside Baptist Church. And um, we have some on both sides of the aisles here. Uh, for the most part, those of you here are saying, you know, bless God, let's still have church. But we have a large number, and I could show you the texts just from today, saying, Pastor, uh, we don't feel comfortable being at church tonight. Our family's not going to be there. And so, as a pastor, I could be carried about with every wind of doctrine, as they say. I could say, oh, I mean, one hand, well, they're hugging in, at church and everything seems to be fine. Maybe I don't need to make an adjustment. But over here, we have some saying, we're not comfortable. I don't know that, that we're going to be there. I, don't, I think we're going to take some time. And, and it really can almost be overwhelming if you are letting um, the opinions or preferences of an individual member determine what direction to take. And maybe you've been there, maybe you haven't, where you've been in a position where you feel that pressure from both sides. And I have tried to make a decision not based on individual preferences, but how I believe is uh, not only the wisdom in counsel, but also what the Lord has given me peace about. And... Uh, one other point to make is this. I cannot tell you how long the things that we implement tonight are going to last. Uh, it could be short, and we're all praying for that, aren't we? We're praying for something that would be resolved quickly. 
Um, I happen to believe, and I know that others may have a different opinion, but I happen to believe this could last much longer than we're anticipating. Um, especially when you consider the fact that you know, social isolation and, and taking some steps to kind of isolate ourselves and insulate ourselves, when you consider the fact that, well, doing that, that may table the curve for a time, um, but it doesn't mean that it's not still out there and what happens when things get back to normal. And so we have to consider all of those things. This, this, the, what I'm presenting tonight is not a long-term church philosophy. Uh, this is not the way, trust me, this is not the way that you build a church to make adjustments to your services. Um, and I just am asking you to trust the Lord and trust the authority God's placed here at Eastside Baptist Church. If the time is reduced for uh, what, what they're recommending or what's happening in our country, we're going to rejoice and we're going to be settled back into some kind of routine. Whatever it looks like going forward, the new normal may not look like the old normal. We have to understand that. We're, we're praying it's temporary, we're praying it's short term, but I'm preparing though, folks, I think it's wise for us, even though we prepare, uh, we're, pre- we're doing this as if it's short term, I think it's wise for us to prepare as though it's long term. And again, it, I'm not saying I, th- I believe it's going to be. I wouldn't su- be surprised if it's longer term than we, than we think right now. Um, but if, if it's much shorter term than that, we'll all be happy. I mean, you, you, if, you're, if you don't have any expectations, you can't be disappointed. And if we're assuming it's going to be a certain amount of time and it's shorter, then we'll be praising the Lord for it. We, we can all hope and pray that the changes that have been presented by President Trump uh, to keep all gatherings no larger than 10 that we, we can pray that those will soon be lifted because of the trends of the virus, but we have to prepare as if they won't be. So first, here are the reasons, though, that I believe some changes are necessary. Uh, number one, because of our respect for authority in government. Look at Romans 13, verses 1 through 7. It says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil." Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For, for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. It's, you can't read that passage and come away thinking that God... Doesn't, is teaching us to not have respect for our governmental authorities. Uh, we, we are to respect our governmental authorities. Now, listen, I'm not saying that even my own opinions line up with the guidelines presented on a national or local level. I'm not even pretending to agree with that. Um, I, I don't necessarily, I de- certainly don't agree with the way that the media has sensationalized some things. Uh, I think we can all agree that it is serious, but I think the media wants us to believe it's worse than it is, and they play it up to a certain point. But, listen, I have to acknowledge the fact 
that God instituted our government officials that are in place right now to lead our nation at this time. It is God-ordained. And we all have areas of authority in our homes and at work and in this church, but in the matters of our country, we do have a responsibility to submit to their leadership. And I do not like restrictions. Meeting as a church family, if you, if you go back a year, then you will, I probably have, uh, this pastor has applied more passages to church attendance than to probably any other single application. That's how important I believe it is. I do not believe that this is uh, something we can get rid of and it's not a big deal and it's not important. I do not like the restrictions and the idea that we can't meet as a church family as we want to. But I do want to give you a balance here is that the government has not targeted our churches in this. The government has, as they are asking bars and restaurants to submit to the same guidelines they've asked of us. They are at, this applies to even their own government gatherings. They are not singling out churches and saying you cannot preach the gospel. And I do believe there's a difference there, folks. Uh, we, we don't need a mentality that says, well, we're being persecuted and this is wrong. No, they're not singling us out. They are giving, it is a broad, widespread guideline that they're placing on everybody. They're asking everybody. And, and listen, in my heart, if we are to pray for and submit to our leadership, I don't believe this is the time then to ignore the request that they've given every American citizen to minimize the, the meeting in large groups. I don't believe right now, if we are to say we pray for and we submit to, I don't believe right now is the time to take a stand that the government is not, uh, has not really intended. They're not targeting us. If it gets to the place, though, that we are asked to submit to their mandates before we submit to God's word, then we are going to obey God rather than men. But at this time, I do believe in my heart it's wise to submit to our leadership and our God because they represent him. And in the end, they answer to him. So I believe it would be wise for us to submit to their call to minimize the large gatherings. That's the first reason. The second is because we have a testimony to consider in this community. Matthew 5.16, we heard a Ra's quote or talk about your light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 1 Peter 2 says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles... That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. If we continue to meet, I do not believe our community will say what faith. I believe at this point they would say what foolishness. Um, We have to consider the difference. If it's a matter of faith and the government is trying to tell us not to preach the gospel, that's not, that is a totally different situation. But in the, if, the, if we continue to meet, we could be uh, responsible for the acceleration of the spread of this virus. And I'm not trying to be um, a doomsday, uh, doomsday kind of a guy. I'm just letting you know if, if, it could be that. That could happen. If we continue to meet our our community is fearful. And, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this. When people are afraid, they generally generally look for a person to blame. Uh, We don't want that target. 
We have a responsibility to be responsible citizens just as much as everyone, and we have to keep that in mind. The third reason I believe that we ought to make some adjustments is because we love other people. See, it comes down to this. Uh, The second commandment is this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And we love God first, but we are also to love our neighbors. That includes not just our neighbors in our community, but our neighbors right here. I mean, you're sitting around other people that fall into the category of people that you're supposed to love. Our love for others means that we don't want to put people at risk that we love. And I think of, uh, and I, there aren't many that I would say would be senior saints here tonight, but I think about our senior saints, honestly. And I love our senior saints. Uh, and we have some senior saints that, I mean, they're going to be here no matter what. But we also know this is a dangerous disease for them. I don't want someone that I love to catch it. I don't want someone that I love to be, to be affected by it. I don't want to lose someone I love. And it would be nearly too much for this pastor to bear if our meeting costs someone that dearly, folks. I mean, we, it, we, this is a matter of principle, but it's also a matter that, you know, the largest, the, the highest principle is the principle of love. And we have to think about that. So what are the changes? And, and, and I'm gonna, we're going to put this out, by the way. Let me mention a couple things. We're going to put this, this document out or these guidelines out on our website, and then we're going to put them out in a mass email. And in this time, as we make some changes and kind of minimize our interaction at times, with, we, I don't want that to mean that we minimize our, our communication with each other. Um, and we will rely heavily on mass email which is why on the table out there, we've asked you for you to fill out your email addresses and your contact information to give us some... Uh, Bennett, he's really sad about all these announcements here. I love Bennett. I, I wish they wouldn't have shaved his head. I love his hair. But, you know, we, that's why on the table out there, I'm asking every person in this room that has an email address or a contact cell phone number to fill that, that form out. We have email addresses and things in other places we're putting it all into one place so that we can communicate uh, through email. And our reason for that is, you know, you put stuff out on Facebook and, and you feel a little bit limited as, because it's just available to everybody and to the public. But if we're sending an email, it allows us to control the information and how it gets put out and when it gets put out. And uh, you can't comment on emails, you know, things like that, helpful things. Um, so we're trying to be mindful, and that's why we're asking everybody to fill those forms out on the way out. And then I will give some of these things to you so that you can remember and try to remember what's happening. But let me, let me just mention the changes, the primary changes. Um, first, we will move to an online format for our services for at least the next two weeks. And that's through April 1st. And President Trump has asked for 15 days, no more than 10 and we're going to do our best to honor that time frame, uh, a time frame similar to that. So through Wednesday, April 1st, that is what we're looking at. Uh, we will post our services online, and uh, we're going to send a, a mass email with information on how to access them. But you can also find our services by going to the church website, eastsidesf.com. For this Sunday, then, uh, we will have an online service at 1045. It just feels wrong to say it. I'm just telling you. I, I hate to even say that. Um, but that's what we're going to do. That's how I think the Lord is leading us. It's very important then, though, let me remind you, 
that we have your email address so we can communicate with things with you, how to access the video, um, and then also if there's other information uh, that needs to be updated, uh, those slips in the foyer will be very important. Um, you can either stick them in the box out there or put them in the offering plate on your way out. Now listen, regarding the online services, we've not done this before. And something could go wrong. Let me say that differently. Something will go wrong. Okay? And we appreciate your patience as we work this process. Let me explain uh, why we're doing it the way that we're doing it. The services won't technically be live-streamed because our church internet uh, was, uh, I, I think, either Noah or Abraham actually installed that. So... It's not capable of handling um, at this time a live stream. And we have been waiting, I, Brother Mark could tell you, a couple of months probably. We have all the equipment here. We've been waiting for them to come. They, they put the line into the building, and they're, they're, they've just put us off for a long time. And uh, our internet, because it's not fast enough to handle the live stream, then the plan is then that we will be recording the services, and we're going to record them right here. We'll record the services, then we'll post them uh, on the website, there will be a link or in the email that you get as a mass email. And so, uh, I mean, just so you don't think that we're doing this for our own convenience, I don't know if you realize how much work it will be then to go to the trouble of recording a service, um, uh, mixing it, adding the audio in that's better quality, and then posting it online. Uh, this, is, this is not something we're doing because it's easier for everybody. I mean, this is going to take some work. And because we haven't done that, in a, I mean, we've never done it, then we're just asking for patience. So even though we're not live streaming, what I'm asking every family to do, and this is important, this is where we start to get to, into the instructions. What I'm asking you to do as a family is that you prepare for that 1045 service as if you're going to church. Um, you, you don't have to get all dressed up. I'm not saying you have to wear a suit and tie, but get dressed. Okay. Stop everything you're doing and watch the service together. Um, I believe that routine and accountability will be important to this process. And there's many reasons for that, and I'll get into that the more that we go. But listen, if we get out of the habit of a, of a service together at a certain time every Sunday on the Lord's Day, when it comes back time for that to become part of the routine again, we're going to suddenly view it differently. We need to keep the habits, keep the routines we're already going to be minimizing some of what we're doing. And this is not the time, folks, to let the kids sleep in a little longer and come in and just watch it as they want to. Uh, our family, we will watch it from 1045 till it ends. We're not going to wait till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're not going to wait till 5 o'clock. We're going to watch it during the service time because I do believe that's an important principle for us as families to maintain the routine. I really do. I also believe another important aspect will be this, and this may sound a little strange to you, but I do believe it's important that families get together to watch the service. And you say, well, that's exposing us to the virus. And I, you know, we, there are, there's some level where we're going to have to trust the Lord uh, on this. Uh, I do believe it's important. And now I'm not saying to get together as with 50 in your home, because that uh, kind of goes against what President Trump has asked. But, but we need each other. We need the accountability. We need to be together as much as we can. And so be mindful of how many are together and be careful if, not, if you're not feeling well. But we need to maintain connection if at all possible. And this is important. Number one, first, it's important because some people may not have access to the services online. 
Um, there are people not in this room tonight that I'm thinking of that probably don't have internet at their house. And you have somebody probably come into your mind um, that is on your mind about that, and they may not have internet, they may not know how to email, they may not know how to live stream YouTube, they may, they may not even know what YouTube is, okay? And so what I'm asking for you to do is to consider some of our older folks and consider inviting them over to your house um, and, and say, come over and fellowship with us. Come over, watch the live stream. That way you don't have to figure it out. Watch the live stream, come over. Um, when we're done, after the service is over, we'll eat a meal together. We'll spend some time together. Uh, I believe, I really believe that this actually could be a time in our church's life where we grow closer. But only if on Sundays at 1045, you're not watching it by yourself. Invite people over at 1045 uh, invite them over and, and have fellowship and enjoy the time. The best thing we could do as families is fellowship and keep each other accountable. Rotate families, participate in this together, especially on Sundays. And here's why, because it's still the Lord's Day. And you may be at home, but this is not a Super Bowl watch party. Be serious, be reverent, listen closely, eat, enjoy fellowship afterward, but keep the environment that's appropriate for the service. Um, the next thing I want to mention, I think it's very important to watch Eastside Baptist Church's service. See, I'm not saying don't go watch somebody else's, but you must maintain your connection to this church. And you say, well, there's a lot better preachers out there, and I agree. <laughs> but God puts you at Eastside Baptist Church. Watch this service. The goal is, uh, what I plan to do is to have a song or two and continue with special music. We'll have a, a, a special music. It may not sound as great live or on live stream or on the video as it does in here. That's okay. That means we'll just work extra harder, those of us who will be singing, uh, to make sure it's ready. But I think that that will be encouragement. It will, it will show that there's still something normal and something uh, regular and something stabilizing. There's still a couple songs. Sing along if you want to. Um, don't critique the special if it doesn't go well. Just enjoy it. Um, and while you're doing it, they'll connect with each other. Enjoy, enjoy the time. Enjoy the, the service. Worship. Respond at invitation. Um, we'll have also a Wednesday evening service at 7 o'clock, Wednesday nights. Treat it the same. Be home. Um, be together as a family. Invite someone else to come over. Stop everything else and watch the service. And, and I'd love to add some things like Sunday school classes, but that's something we'll have to work out later. We'll give you more information as time goes on. If we've got teachers in the class that want to present something to their students, I, I would love to see that happen. Um, that's not something at this point. We're, we're taking it one step at a time. So we're trying to be mindful of what we can do all at once. Giving, this is such an important thing. And you're wondering about Sunday nights, and I'm going to explain that in a moment. Giving. This is an important, important piece, and we can't miss it. See, if we don't give during this time frame, I, what if it lasts 18 months? And I'm saying, you're, being, well, you're really being a, a, an alarmist. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm trying to get us prepared. If it's a long-term thing, I, we've got to be prepared. So if, if it's an 18-month process or a 12-month or a 6-month process, and we lose our heart for giving we, when we come back, we don't have this church building, folks. I mean, we risk losing this building if things settle down and we have gotten away from giving. 
We must faithfully continue to give and trust God to provide for our needs. Um, not only that, we have uh, 50, 60-something missionaries. I can't remember how many we support all around the world. And they are dependent on our giving. It's not just about a church building. Although the church building payment is a big deal, we have multiple missionary families out there with no way to bring in extra income on the field they're in. Please consider the, the missionaries. We must continually give and faithfully give for their sake. One of the ways we can give is to go to the website and click on the top right button that says give. I'm going to have Brother Mark show you how to do that. If you haven't done it, um, this is the church website. And you see at the top right, there's a black button up there that says give. And we'll, I'll let you see how slow our internet is. See that bar? It's cool. Okay, there we go. That wasn't too bad. So scroll down, and it says giving options, and it says online. Okay, so you can click right there, to click to give online. And there is an app on, I, on the iPhone, and there you go. You can put in whatever amount, I mean, as big as you want. Go ahead. Um, and then give to tithe. Missions building fund is underneath there. You enter the credit card number. Uh, building fund love offering. Pastors uh, travel expense, whatever you want to do. Um, pastors Hawaii vacation. Yeah, right there. Um, and you know, you have some options there, so fill that out. Uh, I was kidding about that, by the way. That's not a drop down. But that, that's how easy it is, folks. And now you can, and I tried this today. I downloaded the app, and, uh, the, uh, the Tithely app, and then I, and I created a login and, and then selected Eastside Baptist Church on the list, and it came up right away. It was an easy process. Uh, for me, and so you can get the app, or you can do it online, you can do it on your phone, through the website, I mean, there are many ways to do it, if you say, well, that's just beyond me, and I can't do that, um, then you can, mail the, you can mail your tithe, you can mail your offerings to the church on a weekly basis, that would be fine as well, um, if you want to bring it by, there will still be normal office hours from 9 to 4, Tuesday through Friday, here at the church, Judy and I will, will still be here during the week, and you can bring it by. Just call ahead. We, we have times we'll keep the doors locked just for security for her. And uh, just call ahead and say, I'm bringing my tithe. It's Tuesday, maybe t- Tuesday at lunchtime. You say, I'm bringing my tithe by. But let me give you a, a different option even. So online giving is, is an option. Mailing in is giving an option, is an option, and then bringing it uh, on during the week. But let me give you another option. This is where Sunday night comes in. Um, another option that might even be better on Sunday evenings, for this first Sunday, we won't have a, a service for, per se, but we're going to have a prayer service. And you say, well, we can't all be in the same room at the same time. Well, that's, well, just listen here. The church sanctuary this Sunday will be open from 5 to 7 o'clock. And it, that is for you. We'll have, you can come in. We'll have the offering plates on the platform. And you, what I would encourage you to do is you and your family come, and it's not a time for socialization, we're trying to keep groups down to a minimum, but come, consider what you're doing, bring your offering, thank God for his provision, pray for him to provide for the coming months for you and your family, give as an act of worship, then find a spot in the sanctuary and as a family spend some time in prayer. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying this is required, but I would say if you love Eastside Baptist Church and you're a committed follower, then you say, you know what, I'm not just going to be a part of it and give online and do things that are just convenient. I'll make time as a family. We'll come from 5 to 7. We're going to take some time, give as worship, 
and spend some time in prayer because this is a serious situation. It could be serious. I mean, it could turn into something bigger, and we need to ask God for his help. We need to ask God for his mercy. And I do believe that Sunday night for now, Sunday night, will be more of a prayer time. I'll be here. If you need anything, I'll be here. Um, Be mindful of the precautions. Wash your hands, the things we've been dealing with. Don't touch everything. Um, Tell your kids that you're not coming to socialize. If you see your best friends across the way, it's about giving and it's about prayer. If you want to go and hit a drive-thru on the way home and then go spend some time at your house in fellowship, I 100% would be behind that. Um, but for the time being, the time from Sunday on Sundays from 5 to 7 p.m. is for offerings and prayer. Uh, we could use prayer right now, couldn't we? Um, mail it, give online, but listen, don't let fear or neglect affect our giving. Uh, the impact will be felt on our building payment obligations. It'll be felt on our missionaries. It'll be felt on the, bus, the upkeep of our, of our building, and the staff would feel it as well. I mean, I'm not doing this. I'm not telling you this because my, my paycheck is dependent on your giving. I'm telling you this. Um, that's one of the reasons, but not the most important reason. Uh, Judy and I are on the church payroll, and there's some others that get minor um, payments. For, it, that's not what it's about. We, we are not do, trying to be selfish here by mentioning it, but it's a reality, too. That our church's staff is dependent on your giving. And I want to encourage you to think about that too. A couple more things. Prayer and fasting. Now, I don't know the best way to do this yet, but we will have a sign-up sheet available for you to select the same time slot every week for your family to pray for the church. And you say, we're already praying on Sundays. Isn't once a week enough? I don't think that's the right spirit. Uh, We need prayer. And so this may be out Sunday night during the prayer time, and I encourage you to take advantage of it. Write in a slot and say, our family will pray as a family from this time. We're facing a serious crisis, and our dependence on God must be our most significant response. That must be where we turn first. We need to increase our prayers as a church and as individuals. And if you want to come pray at the church, this will be an open invitation. I would be happy to meet you any time, day or night, that you want to come and pray at the church. And I will open the building for you. And it's available for you, and I just want to let you know it's available, and I want to open that up. Uh, This is important, and I don't want you to be limited by the office hours if you feel like you should pray here. Uh, We just need prayer. We need to cover this whole thing in prayer. Um, I'm asking every family member to consider making a plan for weekly fasting. And I'll be doing that with our family, and it, it could just be a meal. It could be a day. You do what you think you should, but at some point during the week, I think it'd be good for our church to do something that's not convenient, to do something that is not easy, and I know it's not convenient or easy, but right now, we need God more than we need food. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Prayer requests, we still want to pray as a family. I encourage you to to continue to send prayer requests to Judy here at the office, Secretary at Gmail. We'll post current prayer lists weekly, so the Wednesday night services, until we start meeting again, we'll be posting those or sending out an attachment so you can still see the email, and we want to make sure that we are praying for each other just because we're not seeing each other doesn't mean that we don't need to bear one another's burdens. We still need to. Fellowship. Don't lose touch with each other. Folks, I'm telling you, as long as we have the restriction of in-person gatherings of 10, maybe maybe we can get creative Make use, be outside. The weather's getting better. 
the restrictions aren't as tight, but have weekly times with other church members or even guests that have been coming. If you teach a class and you've got someone in your class that you want to reach out to and invest in, do it. Invest in them. Fellowship with each other. Our culture is going to, I'm telling you, our culture is going to latch on to this idea of social isolation. And if that becomes pervasive enough, our churches are going to seriously suffer even when things get back to normal, as we'll call it. We need to somehow convey that we see the value in maintaining human connections. We need it. Don't forget our senior saints. I mean, especially our widows and our shut-ins. You can be a blessing to them. I mean, you talk about social isolation. There's social isolation going on there. They didn't choose. They're at home alone. And if you take away then their ability to, to meet together as a church. Trust me, I've thought of this. We take away their ability to meet as a church, uh, with a church family, and they're lonely. We have a list, a long list of people that are shut-ins, widows, and they need your encouragement. And I would say, do what you can to be a blessing. You and your children, hey, parents, they're going to be at home, they're going get, to get stir-crazy. Write cards to people in our church that could use encouragement. Take them something to be a blessing. Call them, write them a note, encourage those who need it most. We need the fellowship. Ladies retreat. And as I've been getting counsel from many others, it became apparent ladies retreat was likely going to be affected. And I have decided to cancel it at this time. Um, First, many churches hosting events of that sort have been canceling them. And it's one thing to, to, to limit your meeting as a church family, I believe it's another entirely to bring in hundreds of ladies from other churches, other communities, other homes to one place and then send them back to their homes and their communities and churches. And that is exactly, I believe, the kind of thing President Trump is trying to avoid. Uh, Second, there's no guarantee it's better by then. You say, well, we have a month and it's there's no guarantee. Um, Some might say, well, it won't be bad by mid-April, but the trends say differently. And you cannot prepare for something like this without investing money and time and resources beforehand. I mean, we, we really, we're already a little behind anyway, and then if we wait till a couple of weeks, we won't get it all done. It is a safer financial decision to set that aside for now, and right now is an important time to be mindful of our finances. Third, even if we do host it, it doesn't mean other ladies will come as in years past. If we have a small number show up and we've prepared for many more, that would be a major financial blow and a time where we need to be more diligent than ever. So we want to be a blessing to others. It's not that we don't want to, but we also need to make wise, responsible decisions. And our first priority and responsibility is the Eastside Baptist Church. If we're not meeting as a church family, I just couldn't justify moving forward as if we're meeting for a large event. And I hope you'll understand that. I hate it. The desire is to pick it back up next year. So I'll be seeking the Lord about that as well. And you say, well, that's an off year. We can't do odd year ladies retreats. Uh, Well, maybe God wants us to change the the procedures here a little bit. Let me give you a few mindsets. We're still a church. We are still a church. And we're making temporary changes in our church life for these reasons stated that above. But that doesn't mean we lose sight of what matters the most. We are a church family. And this is a very real possibility here that some churches won't survive the coronavirus. And you say, you're being alarmist. I'm trying to be as realistic as I can be. You know, I don't want Eastside Baptist Church to be among that number. And you know, it all depends on the commitment of our church members. 
participate in everything possible. Bring your family by the church for giving and prayer. Don't let isolation alter your relationship with your church family. Fight for Eastside Baptist Church in your heart. Fight for Eastside Baptist Church in your emotions. Fight in your mind. Fight resolve. Say, I will not let it die on my watch. Guard, number two, guard against the subtle changes. See, small temporary changes can become permanent if we're not diligent. And another pastor told me this, and, and it's just a great point. If we're not careful, what was normal two months ago might feel like an inconvenience when things get back to normal. So two months ago, and I'll be preaching about this a little bit on Sunday morning, two months ago, I mean, it was be at every service, be on time, be in every service, be engaged, be involved in outreach, be involved in service, be faithful to everything, be on time. I mean, you know, all of those things. Read your Bible, pray every day, grow, 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 all these things. I mean, what seemed normal two months ago, if we have a time where we let all the routines go and we come back, and now suddenly Sunday night is a lot more inconvenient than it used to feel like. And Wednesday night, eh, it's debatable, not a big deal. No, you need to maintain the routines so that when it comes back, we're, it's not um, a shock to our system. Those small changes, telling, Satan desires to have us that he may sift us as wheat, folks. He is a roaring lion, and he wants to break the routines and convictions of committed believers, and you will not survive if you don't guard against it. And the reason I can say that is the Bible says he's a roaring lion. And where does the lion usually attack? Does it go right into the middle of the herd where all the strongest are? No, it attacks the outliers. Well, right now, the coronavirus is turning us all into outliers. You need to be as diligent as you've ever been about your walk with God. You need to be as diligent as you've ever been about loving your church family, praying for your church family, uh, being there, being in fellowship, being accountable. You need this more than ever. And that's why I encourage you, watch the service together at the times that, that it's given not just whenever it's convenient at the time. That's why we're going to maintain prayer and giving. Don't lose the routine of the Lord's Day and church services. And that leads me to this one. Treat the Lord's Day with the same respect you always have. You're much more likely to remain standing if you treat the Lord's Day as close to normal as possible. That would indicate same service times, worship, reverence, etc. Treat it like normal. Another point, mindset, is that fellowship is still biblical. Get together with other members. Social isolation might become the norm in our country if it isn't already. And we, are, we have to refuse to contribute to that mindset. Don't become an island. Interact, fellowship, encourage others. Fifth, the fifth mindset is our plan is fluid. Circumstances may change. And we'll have, a, we'll have new knowledge tomorrow. We'll have new guidelines in two days. And they may loosen up. They may tighten up, and as things change, we will alter the plan as needed. This is not like, oh yeah, I have been through the coronavirus like 10 times before as a pastor. This is the plan that has always worked for me. No, that's not it at all. I hope you'll sense my spirit. Uh, We may find certain things don't work. You say, that's a terrible idea, pastor. Well, guess what? I'm willing to adjust it. I've never done this before, and neither of you. This is the first. It's unprecedented. View this as a starting point for facing what comes in something that's never, that we've never faced before. Things will inevitably change and hopefully improve. Uh, and I'm, that's what we're hoping for, is, that if, is improvement. Six, don't be a stranger. See, the offices, uh, we're going to keep them open during regular hours, 9 to 4, Tuesday through Friday. 
There will often sometimes be someone here on Saturdays as well. But I'm telling you, as your pastor, any time that you need to be in the church, I'll come and I'll gladly open it for you. Turn off the alarm and be here. Uh, you need to be around this place. I mean, if you and your family, I mean, if you just want to come up at some point and pray, that's fine. If you want to come up and work on something, you've got a project you needed to do in your classroom, don't hesitate to ask. Stay connected with this place. It's special. This place matters. And we'll, we'll have a mindset to be, to be cautious, of course, but don't let that keep you away. So listen, we're going to be putting together an email with a link to the online services and, and be on the lookout for that. Brother Mark Griebel is really helping a lot with that. You will also find it on our website as it becomes available. We'll also be communicating many of our announcements, prayer requests, important information through the mass email and our website. Uh, not using Facebook or other online pro- platforms as much, and I'm not saying we won't use those, but that, ask, that, that mass email format it really gives us better control over how the information gets out and when. And if you know of someone who may not be here or is disconnected, would you please let them know to call the church and give us their email so they can stay in the loop. Folks, after the service, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how long. But I do know this. We serve a God who doesn't change. And in the midst of what is so unsettling, he's not surprised or overwhelmed. And he doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. I read a verse in my Bible this morning, Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You know why we don't have to be afraid? You know why we don't have to be dismayed? Is because we have a God who is capable of everything. And one other thought to leave you with is this. Great challenges mean great opportunities. And I truly believe that our country, in an unprecedented, unprecedented situation, our country has an unprecedented opportunity. Christians. We can shine God's light in circumstances that have never been exactly like this. And I once heard someone say that the greater the darkness, the brighter a light can shine. And we're facing darkness. It's unclear what lies ahead, but Jesus Christ said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now is not the time to hide our lights in a bushel. We can show the world the effects that a relationship with God can have on a person who trusts him in the darkest times. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.